You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. So we don't want anything foobard. And I think, people, that's how we're going to start Geekiest Show ever this week, is that uh, uh, I've had a little uh, hardware misfortune here. But before we get to that, the very important thing is my weather sucks. Last week we were sucks fine. Sucks is a very nice word, uh, Mike. I'm yeah. trying Considering to keep it what you went clean. through. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I'm trying to keep it halfway clean. Uh, yeah, because last week I was saying Just we're only fine. halfway, please. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. And because last ep, uh, time, my we, last last time we were talking that I was finally getting some weather that we liked, and Mother Nature went shit. Can't have that. So we have. I still think it's hilarious that you could say spring and blizzard in the same sentence. Well, there was this meme going around that said. Uh, Mother Nature says you can't have four seasons uh, in one week. And South Dakota said, here, hold my beer. Um, right. <laughs> and we kind of proved it because uh, Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock, we had no snow on the ground. A little bit in the backyard. I think I took a picture and sent to uh, these guys on uh, uh, text because I like torturing Kevin because our snow was almost gone. There was this little area about the size of a dinner plate. That was all that was left. Wednesday morning, that was completely gone. By Wednesday night, we had about a foot of snow. Oh, yeah. We had about a foot of snow on the ground. And I think by the time all was said and done, I haven't heard an official report. It's somewhere between 18 and 24 inches of snow. We had 60-mile-an-hour wind, so it blew everything around. It didn't just, like, lay there. So you had drifts. So in front of our garage door, we had a three-foot drift that I had to move at the school they had drifts back up to the top of the roof. It's a single-story building, but it was back up almost to the top of the roofs. And that that's the way it was a few weeks ago before the melting started. Right now, this country looks about exactly the same as it did before the melting started. And it scares the crap out of me. If we hadn't had that, haven't, wouldn't have had that melting, uh, we would be under like four feet of snow around here this could have been you know horrendous but it's didn't you say one of your kids was born around this time of year during a blizzard yep. uh no he wasn't born during Were you but... supposed to have another baby or something i got i hope not no, nobody that i know of <laughs> but uh no it was on his 18th birthday that he had a birthday uh, uh blizzard and there's a few other people that have had birthday blizzards in april so april and the problem with april snow is it's wet it's heavy uh, at the school, I told the superintendent, we're not going to get the snowblower out. The school's got a skid steer. Let's get that out and use it uh, because this snow is just too wet, too heavy to uh, blow. And then I did, I, so I took p- uh, part of Wednesday off all day Thursday. I went in Friday late, and we did some stuff, and we were moving snow, and we ended up having to use the skid steer to move most of it because it was just so wet. And then I had to clear out away from the door, and my uh, my neck and shoulders are still acting up here so let's go see me no removal troubleshooting technology yeah <laughs> it's called move south um i was showing my husband the picture you sent from yesterday mm-hmm. i said this is mike and he just went he looked at it and he goes holy shit yeah and that was in that was in the course of two days and so they're still cleaning out snow that was pit that was a pitch from Watertown. and we made national news because the cbs uh, news crew was snowed in in um watertown so they stayed there and so um the town where my two sons live and we go shopping every weekend made national news. And somebody said, and I can't find it anywhere, that the town that I live in, Clark, made it on national news because of the snowfall that we had. But I can't find that one anywhere. But So that's my... It was uh, fake news. It's all your, it's all your imagination. Uh, You're sure. just hallucinating. Actually, uh, yeah. you know something now that I think of it? 
I did see something on TV. I think it was ABC World News Tonight, and it might have been Clark. It could be. It showed it showed somebody. It was like a brief yep. showing different people in different mm-hmm. situations within where the blizzard area was. And it showed a man who couldn't see out his driver's side window because it was covered in ice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to drive and scrape at the same time. <laughs> oh, no. uh, that would be about on par with this town. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. nobody here listens, so I think I'm okay. But anyway, uh, okay, so that's my tale of woe. You guys, okay, now Elisa was texting me temps yesterday, and it made me depressed. Okay, just to finish this out, by the end of next week, we should be in the 60s. This shit should be gone. Flooding possibly, but who knows. But anyway, our temperature will be better. Now, Elisa, what's your temperatures? Well, yesterday it got up to about 72. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it was nice. I had the screen door open, you know, the sliding glass door to the pat. You know, the deck was open. We had some fresh air. I got to turn the heat down. Today it was a little chillier. It got up to about 58, and it's raining right now. It's been raining since, like, late afternoon. And it's supposed to be in the high 50s most of the week, then Friday 70, and then back into the 60s after that. But with a lot of either sunny or rain. Sure. So we're getting our spring showers. Okay. Uh, yeah, and we had one day last week, it did get up to 70, and it's like, oh, this feels so good. And you know, Anyway, I've gone over that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and Melissa, same old, same old? Or, well, you... I, I told you, we have a guest room. <laughs> we'll leave the light <laughs> on for you. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so... I don't know if you'd want to sleep in it today, though, because it is really hot today. It's actually 86 today. Oh, I can mm-hmm. go for that. Uh, yeah. That feels it's... really good. Now, in the middle of the week will be nice, and, I, and I'm really, really grateful for that because Tuesday I'm chaperoning a third grader field trip, and we're going to be out in the middle of the desert, so that'll oh. be 79, and it'll probably still really feel hot with the sun baking down on us. And then Wednesday it'll cool off a little bit down to 76. Then Thursday it starts to ramp back up to where we are again today and then even further. So by Thursday and Friday and Saturday we'll be back up in to the 90s. Oh, boy. So Out of curiosity, when you take field trips to the desert, mm-hmm. do they require the kids to bring water? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got to bring water. They want you to have them coated in sunscreen. Good. Good. Yep. 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 Uh, they want disposable lunches and stuff like that. They have I've, – I've, luckily, I've uh, chaperoned this particular field trip before. In fact, last year. So it's kind of a copy and paste or a repeat. So I'm a little bit familiar with it, but yeah, it's a lot of walking out there and there's lots of, there's lots of shady areas. There's lots of places to cool off. There's some indoor activities as well. And uh, we'll actually go and get to pet the stingrays, which is really, really cool. Can you imagine a big little, a little pond of stingrays out Mm. in the middle of the desert? Yep. We we got that. So that'll be neat. See, the question I would have asked is when you take the kids out there, do you bring the same number back that you left with? Um, Well, we try. (laughs) We definitely try. Well, there's a few kids, you know. I'm just saying, uh-huh. you know. And well, anyway, yeah. though. So, um, yeah, not that I'm uh, uh, advocating abandoning kids, but believe me, there's a few that get on your nerve once in a while. But uh, speaking <laughs> just of getting once on, in a while, just, yeah, no, the just, older they get, the worse sure. they get. This oh, is luckily oh, yeah. knock on wood. This is a, a younger group, but yeah, fifth grade was yeah. horrendous. That once bitten, twice shy. I won't do that again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and speaking of getting on one's nerves, uh, I had some hardware issues at this week, and so I guess this is going to kind of spark a uh, discussion of oh maintenance i guess backing up um you know fixing stuff so what happened is um last saturday we got home from watertown and the uh, electric company in town here was upgrading their um electric meter so we had the guy come around back and he uh um 
said he's going to replace the meter. I said, sure. And, you know, I didn't think about it that when you replace the electric meter, you're going to shut your electricity off for a, you know, a couple minutes. So I didn't power anything down. I didn't give any thought. And then Uh-oh. he put it back in, and I went to power up my Mac again, and all I was getting was the uh, mystery file folder screen. And... Uh, and it happened to me before, so I think my hard uh, my SSD had been kind of failing um, over time, and this time it just wouldn't come back from the dead. So I'm kind of going, well, crap, what do I do? Luckily, I had a super duper backup uh, in for in a external well, is it? It's an internal hard drive in in a uh, USB toaster that I had plugged in, and I did, wait. So back up for a second. You have a Mac Mini, right? Yep, and then. How many drives inside the Mac Mini? Two. There's the two drives inside the Mac Mini. Yep, a the two, main drive. Yeah, the two fifty six SSD and then a uh, one terabyte spinning hard drive. So the spinning hard drive is fine because that's where I keep my stuff. That's why this isn't a complete disaster. I mean, if that yeah. one drive would have had everything on it, I would probably be crapping, you know, stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, oh, we know that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I also have. Uh, about three or four, I've lost count, external drives hanging off this thing that I store my pictures, my music, my movies on, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, redundant uh, backups uh, around the place here. So it wasn't like I was completely freaking out. And then the other stuff was on iCloud, so that all got brought back and down. amazon you have a lot yeah. of stuff stored in amazon and google yeah i got you've so, got lots of cloud storage yeah so i've got yeah that all over the place so it wasn't a big thing but it's just annoying because uh you know like i say it crashed and i had that um backup on a uh, a 500 gig um you know, it's an internal drive, but I got it in the, uh, the that USB toaster that I have on here. So I slipped it in, but it's one that I did before I upgraded the Mavericks, and I had skipped High Sierra. So this was, I was running for a couple days on uh, you upgraded Sierra. upgraded to Mojave. Moha- Mojave, is that it? Yeah, I've lost mm-hmm. track of Mojave. where we're at. Mojave, yes. All yeah, we're all on Mojave confusing. now, I believe. Yeah, yes. right. I think so, even Kevin is, right? Didn't right. Kevin just recently? I did, think, he, did he take the plunge? I think he did. At least on one of his machines. He'll have to hmm. let us know for sure. But yeah, uh, and so I ordered, and then I didn't. I looked at the video for replacing the hard drive, and I didn't know if mine was yeah. when you flip it over, if it's the one closest to the bottom or the one furthest in. The one closest to the bottom didn't look like it was too bad to get out, but to get to the other one, you've got to like gut your your Mac yeah. Mini, and it's like, I could probably do it, I just didn't know if I felt like doing it, so some discussion right. with these guys here, we reached a conclusion, I did what Kevin did, and I bought a... Um, yeah, we were just like, hang it off, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the spatula to it. Um, it's a, uh, oh, SanDisk uh, Extreme uh, 500 gigabyte external drive that I got plugged in, so I'm running it off my USB port on my Mac Mini, and it's doing fine. And it's fine. 3.0, so it's pretty spiffy. Because uh, we we had also discussed how it would be preferable if you use Thunderbolt, but your Thunderbolt's being taken up by your display. Right. Uh, and I could have done it, but, well, I did have a way of doing it, uh, which would have worked. I have this thing I bought for my MacBook that I still have around here, but the battery's swelling and that thing, and I haven't bothered to do anything yeah. with it. So I had this dock here that I can plug in, which you plug it into your USB port, and it could have given me... Mm-hmm. 
a uh, VGA and a HDMI output. So I could have sacrificed. If you can do that, you should. Only because Thunderbolt's the most superior as far as the speed is concerned. It depends on what you're going to be doing. What are you going to be doing with that data? Are you going to be doing lots of video editing? No, no. Uh, yeah. mostly, yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, I edit the podcast, uh, that doesn't take a lot of, uh, you know, input there. I mean, it, it will, once it's in the drive, it will do its processing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So as far as thoroughput, there's not really that much. Now I do use this as a, uh, a, uh, uh, Plex server, but that wouldn't be accessing, I mean, it would be accessing the, uh, system drive to run the program but not the data so i don't really think i for what i do yeah i don't do video editing i don't do a lot of uh photo editing nothing that's going to be heavy duty so i figure this would be just fine for me so that's what i'm doing right now and i've got a four terabyte um external drive that should be coming monday because i didn't have a time machine backup so i have been kind of lazy about that but like i said at least i had the super duper and then what i did when i uh put the drive in i did a clean install of um mojave i keep forgetting mojave yeah okay um you did a clean install and then or an install over top no, a clean install, and then I did a uh, digital uh, migration or did uh, migration assistant of the programs over from the um, uh, Sierra uh, okay. backup that I had. So you used digital migration assistant to move over just the apps. Yes, right. Yeah, just and any apps. select data. Yeah, that's and you know some settings which. I don't know if there was so much. Yeah, I'm always nervous about doing that because I kind of figure like whatever may have contributed to. I mean, it sounds like for you, it might have been just age and hardware failure. But if it had been any kind of software, I'm like, ew, I just want to keep the cruft away from it. Well, yeah, I don't typically use that. I usually use a fresh install. Well, and I think also, too, it's been electrical issues, too, because the town has Mm -hmm. had we've had some trouble. They put a new transformer in on the edge town and that thing's gone out one time or three times, and one time uh, the lady who lives near it said she heard the thing explode. So, um, oh, no. yeah, so they're having some troubles there. Because the other thing is this morning I was shopping for a PC because my wife's computer, her screen started getting um, pink lines through it. I don't know if you guys uh, remember way back in the early days of computers. I know on my color computer, they could, uh, it was supposed to be a, a black and white screen, but you could fake four colors by inner, uh, alternating black and white lines. And if you did it in the right way, you could get like red and blue out of it too. And it sort of looked like that. It had the lines going through there. Uh, so there's kind of a pink hue to the screen. And we think the screen, it's a 10 year old, uh, windows computer that she uses for, um, Facebook mainly, and then a few other things. She has her photos on there, but no heavy duty. Do you have work. backup surge protectors? Do you have, do you have uninterruptible oh, yeah. supplies? We don't have uninterruptibles, but we have surge um, protectors on there. Um, so, do you think maybe the surge protectors weren't quite enough? Do you think well, uh, an uninterruptible would be better? I don't know. Um, like I said, it's a ten-year-old computer, so it was probably maybe wanting to die anyway i just find found it curious that my hard drive or my ssd uh crapped up but like i said that was having issues too uh beforehand um or it seemed to be uh and then hers went out at uh, her screen went funky at about the same time but like i say hers is a 10 year old computer 
it's served her well, and it technically it still works, just the screen looks it's, like crap. Yeah, it's but. time to replace it. Anyway, yeah, so she had it, so I was buying a, uh, you know, a PC, because she doesn't need a lot, and she, I don't think, she could use, she's used a Mac before, but let's just go with a PC, we don't have to spend a great deal of money on that, it'll serve her purposes, uh, I know how to work on either one, and my son is an, uh, you know, Windows IT person, so he's he's our backup for this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I got her a nice little all-in-one PC that wasn't too bad, um, and that should be coming Friday. So, yeah, I've I've but you know, like I said, this should maybe lead to a discussion because um, Melissa, you said you I'm had done a review. I'm, yeah, so I have been given an opportunity to review a new app. I mean, I've had it for a while, but this is the upgraded version of Clean My Mac X. It's, uh, they've added a new feature in it called Space Lens, and I just did it while you were talking, and I had it, uh, what it'll do is it'll scan any external drives that you have, internal and external, and it'll give you a visual representation. It's almost kind of sort of like when you were talking about Daisy Disk, Lisa, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of like that. It'll scan through things and it'll let you know what the sizes of different folders. So just for, for fun, I decided to scan one of my drives, um, I've joked about this before. I, I named all of my hard my external hard drives for Sesame Street Monsters. So I'm scanning the count right now. <laughs> and what I use this particular drive for is for making amazing backups of all of our iOS devices. So the iPads, the iPhones for the whole family, um, even ex- extended family like in-laws and stuff are on here. And I just made backups of them because, you know, we were upgrading and switching devices around and just in case something happened. And so I did a scan of that. And it's really cool. It, it uh it'll do like this little rip res- representation of bubbles and it'll show you what the sizes of each individual thing and you can drill down. So I'm looking at all these different iMazing versions and I can see how large they are and what the container contains and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to mention that that's something that I'm going to do a more extensive review of, but that was the feature that kind of got me excited. I was like, Ooh, I can use this one app to do all these different things. It's got malware removal in it. Um, I don't know yet if it's going to be a good replacement for malware bytes, but it could be a contender. So that's something that I'll definitely look into and try to do some research on that. But I thought that the space lens feature for scanning drives might be really interesting to people in your situation who want to try to evaluate what's on a drive before it dies <laughs> so that you know what it, what's on there. And then you can document it so that you'll know what, what was on there, which you might be losing. Right. Yeah, my my understanding is, and I c- could be totally wrong here, but that when you have a spinning disk drive, you hear noise, knowing that it's mm-hmm. about to die. With SSD, yeah, you just wake up quiet. one day and it's gone. Yep. Right. So you have Very no much. way of doing that preemptive strike other than making sure you have your backups. And Mike, have you ever thought, since you have the space and you have all these different um, devices, of using something like a Drobo? Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I've thought about doing that rather than having them all hang off here. Or what I've even thought about doing, too, was, uh, well, yeah, yeah, like I say, a Drobo would be... now a, you're in that situation. You did that migration, right. and you pulled all that stuff off. Now, what are you going to do with the stuff that you migra- that, that's left over? Like, you migrated it over, then what's going to happen to the stuff that's sitting there? You mean on, that, gonna, on that drive? Yeah, like you, you pull stuff over oh. to this new drive right. that you made a clean install of. So what are you going to do with that older stuff? Oh, I mean that's that I transferred over. Yeah, because now you okay. have two copies of it. 
Oh, well. How are you going to keep track of that? Because, see, I, I'm asking because I have several clients and family members that get themselves into this mess, so to speak, because they just keep making duplicates of stuff. They, yes, they're making a backup of it, which is good, but a backup is only good to you unless you can get your hands on it and you know what it is that you actually backed up so they can get to it. It's kind of right. useless if you don't know what's on the drive. And if you drop the drive or the drive does get damaged and you, you didn't document what was on it, you know, it can quickly get very much out of hand. So right. that's another reason why I'm, I'm looking at tools like this, like iAmazing, like Clean My Mac X, like all of these tools that kind of dig down and let you know what the data is. It's really good to be using those kinds of apps so that you can document what's on those drives because, you know, you might be talking about this now and maybe you'll have to go back and listen to this podcast. But <laughs> unless you make it searchable, unless you make it so that you can find it later, it's not going to do any good. Well, I mean, uh, you know, as far as my – I only just – like I said, I've been kind of lax because I haven't even had a time machine running – backup running on this. I've had them in the past, but I hadn't got around to doing this one. Um and the, that super duper drive. Uh, that's what saved you, right? The super right. duper. So, yeah, that one. So you had something. I mean, that's great. Right. It's just that you couldn't, like, right. cherry pick any one particular thing. And no. I think that's the difference between. That's why it's worth it to have both of those systems in place. At the very, very least, a time machine, right? right. That's kind of like the bare minimum, I would think, as far as backups are concerned. It's a set and forget it. And it, it does back everything up. It does make it so that you could boot it from that drive if you needed to. But having a super duper clone that does a differential backup, um, I don't know. Have you ever tried to cherry pick anything out of it? I mean, it's oh. my understanding that that's just a one big clone. You have to just read it. a super duper? Yeah. You can't do that. Because I, I know when, so. when I had my MacBook, when you could still change the hard drive yourself, I had to replace the hard drive um, because it had died. And I made a, what before I even put the, I forget what the reasoning was, but before I even put the drive in, the new drive into my computer, I all I use the super duper to clone it to the new drive, mm -hmm. and then put the then put the new drive into the computer. Right. So as soon sense. as I turned the computer on, it was you know right. ready to go. You were back and ready to go, and I think that's the whole purpose of having a cloned backup. So Mike, if you had to do it again, like let's say you did have both, and you did have a recent time machine, would you have opted to just use the time machine backup to get back? Mm. Where you needed to be, or I, I think you still would have done the super duper. I, I mean, I, for me, unless I really like, if I had to go to work the next day and like I really need to be on, I would probably just do a super duper and just be done with it. But I prefer personally when these things happen. Is yes, it sucks, but it, to me, it's an opportunity to do a clean install and just just put things back on as I need them, and it helps you. It kind of forces you to reevaluate. Well, geez, there's like seven apps that. I never used. So why bother putting them back? Yeah. Um, because I'm, I've still got the super duper drive in the, the toaster over there and I can open it up and I can see my applications in there. Uh, Into the drive. Huh? And, and you can open up the drive. You can like get inside of the clone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, but I don't think, but I don't off. think you, can, I think you can look, but you don't you can touch. Look, but you can't restore from. Right. And the, then the positive though about using the super duper is you don't have to go through again and put in your ID numbers and your serial numbers and your That's passwords. True. That's true. You That's have to make sure that yep. if you have software that has a serial number, you better have that documented somewhere else because then you're going to have to reenter all those. Ser- what a pain in the butt that, that is. is. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that is the time that you can get back that you can save by using just a super duper clone i mean well, i would now, rather use super duper and then go in and say you know i don't use this app and goodbye then, yeah remove it and do and it and then that you can way. use clean my mac x to like completely remove it because you know how sometimes you try to remove something but it doesn't uh, remove it completely but, yeah uh, i just ran I, I just ran uh adium uh off my off that super duper I should maybe try uh, deleting it on my system drive and running it off of the Super Duper, but I was able to run it off of there. I think I would be able to drag it back over. Mm. Uh, Interesting. It's a clone. I mean, you should be able to access it. The the operating system can... uh, I mean, I was running off of that that drive, so you should be able to uh, drag stuff across, I would think. You're booted from it, or you're just connected to it well i'm i mean is it mounted or is it booted from it's mounted i booted from the ssd that i got but like i say Mm -hmm. i was lazy and left the super duper in the toaster over there so i can click on it yeah it's mounted but i'm not running off of that super duper clone right now Mm -hmm. so uh, you can you can launch stuff from it is what you're saying right so i would think that if i can launch it i should be able to drag it over um and use it. Uh, I'm going to plug in one of my clones and see if I can tinker with that. One that I have is really noisy and I don't want to boot it up now. But I'm, that's, that's going to make me curious and I'm going to go do it as soon as we're done recording because I want to go see what that looks like. That's pretty yeah, cool. I'm, I'm looking at the Super Duper's um, discussion threads right now to see if there's anything in there about what you're talking about. But the moral but, of the story is, is that you did have a backup and that's really yep. great. You didn't maybe have the preferred backup that you wanted, but you did have a backup and that's what saved your bacon. And so you were able to get back in shape relatively quickly. Right. Now you just need to kind of do the housekeeping of going back and cleaning up after the aftermath of yeah, what and, happened while all these extra drives before you get yourself into trouble. Well, yeah. And like I said, the only thing I had most stuff do, you know, do an iCloud backup. The only thing that I had to before we started podcasting here was I had the folder was still there, but I had to put it back in my sidebar um, for, I have one called save calls for the, this recording to go into. I had to put it back uh-huh, over there. Right. And I think I oh, made so your favorites. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sense. But I did have some stuff in there. I, and I should look to see if it's still, still in there, but um for doing the podcast, and I'll just have to go and retrieve them. It's uh, some stuff. Um, uh, do you take screenshots like, regularly? That's what I do. No, no. It's just like a couple, the the intro uh, that, you know, somebody in this podcast has done for the Stoplight Network, or uh, mm-hmm. my Mac uh, network. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically, because I just delete it most the rest of the time. Okay, while we're talking here, I'm conducting an experiment. So I deleted uh, Adium on my operating drive. I drug it over from the Super Duper drive. And now I'm going to... I dis- uh, unmounted the storage drive where that uh, the 
no, I shouldn't have just dis- not that one, you idiot. Where's the suburb? <laughs> Uh, that one is for my, uh, oh shoot. I'm trying to do this as I, no, I don't want to eject it here. Where's the super duper drive at? Um, and what are you, are you using the finder or disk utility or what are you using to view your drives? Finder. Uh, I've been using disk utility more and more. I find that that's a little bit more visual and. I, I tend to have a lot of drives that I hang off and that I mount and then eject. And because of like, we were talking about this before, how my MacBook Pro is very kind of mobile. It just kind of sits on my desk when I'm here at my desk, but then it has to go in my backpack for house calls. So I'm constantly ejecting drives and I keep getting that annoying message saying that the finder's still in use and that it can't eject it, yada, yada, yada. So now I'm trying to train myself to use the disk utility. I just keep that in the dock now. So I use disk utility to unmount drives. Uh, um, I don't completely um, eject them. Well, I, I eject them. What's I guess they're mounted, but they kind of they go gray then, and then you can safely unplug it from the dock. Whereas if you completely unmount them, then you have to go into you have to go into disk utility and remount them, or else they don't show up in the finder. There's like there's different levels of dismounting, is what I found. Okay, yeah. So my super duper drive is unmounted right now. And so, and, uh, and I'm running Adium off of my, that I copied over from the super duper drive. Um, so I'm running that. Makes me want to mount my drive now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you all, but yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, uh, you can go in there and drag stuff over from that super duper drive. So I could have, like you said, as I needed, I could have drug it over and did that. And the advantage of that would be that the uh, serial numbers and all that stuff, because that is a royal pain if you don't get it through the app store or whatever, that stuff would still be there. Well, yeah. for that, I just end up using 1Password. 1Password has a really nice ability of managing all of that stuff. It, I mean, well, it is I a pain do, to have to key them in or copy them. I do too, them. but the thing is not everybody does. Not everybody has the forethought to keep a record of right. their passwords. Yeah. And they yeah, just, just say, I'll put, people. My, I'll put it in my email and then they can't find uh, the email that has right. the original, you know, cause I have right. a separate, you know, a separate section of software within one password. So if I get a new piece of software with a serial number and it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. You'd have to be really OCD like us. Yeah. And uh, I use LastPass, but that has the same thing. I can copy and paste that stuff in there. And Okay. I just found something. This is new to me. I just found something on SuperDuper. It says, recovering a single file or a few files is quite easy. Just attach the external drive, mount the backup image, and drag the file back to the proper location. Yeah. Huh. Because uh, what's the other uh, big uh, back or cloning um, I'm drawing? Carbon copy cloner. Yeah, carbon right. copy cloner. I've been using that for a long, long time. I can't remember, and I wish I would remember. I knew you were going to say that. There was a time when I was evaluating the two side by side, and I decided to go with Super Duper, and I can't remember why. I, don't, I wasn't sure. There was some reason that led me to Super Duper. I had used them both, but I can't remember why I chose one over the other. Then the other option, Mike, uh, for a backup is to use something like Backblaze. You're right, online. Yeah, which, uh, that's which I really- use that. Yeah, that really pings your. It's painful when you first set those up, though, because it's cloud yes. storage. It's it painful. does take a long time. I forget. I forget um, 
how long it took, maybe two weeks. It, it took oh, a yeah. long time. Right. And, but it wasn't as bad as um, Crash Plan. Crash Plan, I just thought, was never going to end. But Backblaze wasn't as bad. Then the problem with Backblaze, though, is it only holds your data for 30 days. So it's not like Time Machine where you can go back to December and say, you know, five months ago I had a file and I accidentally deleted it. You can't do that on Backblaze from December. You can only go back 30 days. So it's that in between um, using Super Duper and using Time Machine as far as length, you know, time that yeah. you have the data up there. And I figure for 50, well, it's I was paying 50, now it's $60. But for $60 a year, it's just one more way to have your data backed up offsite. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's really good for, you know, catastrophic. I mean, it's great to have backups, but if they're all sitting on your desk in front of your computer, right? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. do any good if you have a fire or water damage, you know? Uh, yeah, and like I say, I've got my importance of music photos, that kind of stuff, uh, between Amazon and Google, and I uh, got some stuff in box. I've got, like I said, I've got it scattered around, uh, and so if one of these providers, something happens to them, hopefully I got it someplace else. And then something else I have threatened to do, and I haven't gotten around to doing it, and especially now that my son has bought a house and has settled in, I have thought about, and I just trying to look up to see which program I could use to do that with, but basically copy, make a copy of my stuff, put it on a drive, take it to his house and plug it into a computer. And then we could do differential backups over the internet. That way you're not yeah. uploading all the data. You copy it onto a disc, take it over to his house, and then you set up the program so that it would do differential backups over the internet. So that mm -hmm. way you do have your differential, uh, backups but it's not like like say backblaze crash plan it takes like a long a long time to get all that data up there and considering the whole crap ton of stuff that i have it might take a month or so to yeah. get it all up and they there. do offer a service where i guess you can like mail, mail. them a drive to get right. started so that in effect is kind of what you just described doing but rolling your own right. and then you don't have to worry about them you know going out of business or saying nope we're only for businesses now not consumers and yeah, that's that's the thing I've been dealing with that I've been frustrated with a lot of things lately is the staying power of apps and services. And it just really gets my goat. I mean, it used to be I used to feel really I don't know, maybe it was like the early days of having kids when everything was like kind of new and I was just, you know, ready to try anything and I would jump in and I'd do different app reviews and stuff. Nowadays, I just deleted a whole bunch of just a shit ton of stuff off my iPhone lately because I'm so sick and tired of looking at apps and I go and I think, "Okay, I want to use that now." And I go and I look at it in the app store and it hasn't been developed for like two, three, a year. You know, it's been like abandoned. And I can see, you know, six months, maybe a year that something hasn't been updated. But come on. I mean, we've had new operating systems coming out. I just get very wary. I get very kind of burnout with all of these apps and services that, that jump on and they become part of the market. And you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to invest my time, my energy, my data into this. And then they go belly up. Or they just stop, you know, supporting it with like no word, you know, and you just think, why did I bother with all that time? So I'm really shy about investing a lot of time and energy into some of these, these things. That's why, you know, there are these apps like, you know, Clean My Mac has been around for a long, long time. Super Duper has been around for a long, long time. Time Machine, you know, these are all things that are like tested and true that we have been using for a long, I mean, Gosh, my my Bombitch made a, a carbon copy cloner. I mean, that's been around for over a decade because I used that back when I was a site tech. 
I mean, these have been around for a long, long time, and these are things that you can trust. But some of these other services out there, I'm a little wary to even right. want to try them just because they haven't had the, the legacy that these other things well, have. And that's why I say I should uh, sit down with my son and talk with him because we could each have our own. You know, I could take a copy of his. He could have a copy of mine. We could both get uh, – um, and that might play into my my pick uh, uh, at the end of the show here. But we could uh, get um, you know some. We're, we're geeks. We got a, some computers laying around here, so we could each <laughs> just, set up, just a few, <laughs> just a few, yeah. So we could set up something in each other's house, and then I I was trying to find the program. I think it's uh, Resilio. Uh, I think that's the one. You install it in both and point it to where you want it to back up. Because I, I think it used to be BitTorrent, and I think they renamed it because BitTorrent, the name has kind of a stink to it because of illegal uh-huh. file downloading. I think this is the one, if I remember right. Um, but then, so then, like I say, as things change, it would automatically, you know, uh, upload the data so that you'd always have a current backup. And then that way you're not really, you're relying on this program, but if that program craps out, you still have your, your data. You can still figure out another way of backing it up, even if it ends up being the sneaker net where, you know, I back it up every week, take it to my son and, you know, and we, you know, do it that way. It would suck, but at least you'd have a copy of your data. But uh, that way, at least, like I say, if you roll your own, you have some control over it. Yeah. The thing I worry about, like Backblade, or you know, or any uh, online company like that, Amazon, Google, whatever, crap happens. Um, they get hacked, uh, fires break out, stuff. You know, and you hope you're hoping that they have a planted place for all this kind of stuff. And like I, said, I put myself up there just as another option, but um, I'm not. That's not going to be my only choice because, like I say, if something happens uh, or the internet goes down and you can't, do- and downloading that stuff would be a royal pain mm. it's it's well for backblaze what they'll do is if you needed everything they will send you a disc mm-hmm. right and then i think if you send the disc back it's free of charge okay interesting and it then but then they charge you if you decide well you know hey, it's a big hard drive i want to keep it what the heck so you have that option if you know if you're looking for your entire computer as opposed sure. to a couple files here and there i do what you do mike i have the backblaze i have the time machine i have the super duper but then i also have Oh, God, I have a spreadsheet mm-hmm. of all my external hard drives and flash drives, and I'll have, like, mm. the name of it. Like, if it's a SanDisk or a or – a, um, uh, I can't think of any other or name Shiba. off the top. Yeah, um, there's another that's one that's – Digital, like, Seagate. Yeah, they're all, like, like, in the front of my head but not coming out my mouth. And I'll mm-hmm. write that down. Then I'll write down the name uh, – uh, the amount of storage, and then I'll write, this has my iTunes backup. This has my photos on it. This has a uh, backup of, you know, whatever, something, maybe a project that, right that I there, was working on. That right there is what I'm on the hunt for, for an app to do that for me. And what I have been using is, and I just, again, like I get lazy at times and it frustrates me because then that information becomes out of date. But I do do something similar. Instead of using a spreadsheet, what I do is I periodically go and mount all those external drives and I use Finder. But see, this is the thing. It takes it takes so much time to customize the Finder. You know, I have to go in and say, okay, I don't I don't care about, you know, these columns. I just want to see these columns. Or sometimes I will use comments, but I've been bitten the hard way by um, I always like name my files with a with a date. 
I use the year first and then the month and then the day because I've learned the hard way that if you try to rely on the file structure, sometimes it lies and you'll get like 1901 or something. Um, but I use the finder and then I just take screenshots of it all. Like I get it all positioned and I get all the information that I want from it and then I take a screenshot of it and then I just save those screenshots. But the problem is, of course, is that they're not dynamic. They're just static screenshots. They don't update by themselves. I have to go in and then, you know, say six months from now, if I want to reevaluate what's on those drives, I have to go through the same process. Um, I think I'm going to dig into it. That's what I was kind of hoping to see in Clean My Mac X. It doesn't quite do that, or at least maybe it will, but I still have to do like the screenshotting process. I'm really hoping for an app that will do that. Maybe Daisy Disk will do it. I don't know. But something that gives me a visual representation and yeah, like, you know, what year was it put into service? That's another thing. Like, I always name my time machine drives for the year that they were put into service because that's when the platter started moving. You know, like, that's when the parts started moving. And then you have that many years to kind of guesstimate, you know, three to five, eight years till that drive is going to back, you know, start to break down. Um, so, what you do with your yeah. screenshots is you mount the drive and say there are 10 applications and your iTunes backup that would what would show in the screenshot. You yeah, would take the screenshot to show you 10 applications and iTunes backup, and then you would just put it in photos, like in mm -hmm. its own album of hard drives. That would probably be a better way to do it, because right now I just save it in my screenshots folder. But yeah, probably tagging it. If I did it in photos and I used keyword tagging, then it would be searchable. And then I could find it that way. That would be like so a way I, to roll it. Yeah, your own. I would put it in an album so that only my screenshots of yep. that of my hard drives would be together. Correct. Yeah, just to get to them all. That's I, I just like. wish there was an app that kind of did it for you periodically. Like I wish there was an automated way to do it. And there may very well be like a script or something that we could write or put into play that would automate that process. But that's what I'm kind of like looking to do is to an automated way of, okay, here's all the drives, they're all mounted, here's what's on them, and what kind of categories. You know, this is this one has music on it, this one has home movies. Like, for example, one of the things I struggle with is I have several drives that have, you know, gigs and gigs and gigs worth of home movies. And they're all like little, you know, short snippets of movies, like home movies, a little, you know, when they were babies and growing up and stuff like that. And um, sometimes I want those drives to be identical. And I know that there's a couple of drives right now that don't have the same stuff on them, and that bugs me. Or one of the drives, I realized that, you know, eight years ago, I decided to change my nomenclature. I used to, a long, long time ago, I used to do, you know, the date as we write it. And then I switched to doing it because I found out that it makes more sense to do it chronologically by year. Because then when you sort it by name, it'll still line up chronologically, even if it's by name and not by the date modified or the date added or the date it was created. None of that matters. If you sort it by name and you've named it the year, the month, and the day, it'll always line up chronologically. But a long, long time ago, I didn't do it that way. So there's a bunch of files that it's just like messing with my OCD. <laughs> they're just, they're not, they don't line up, you know what I mean? And I had to go through and like manually change all those. But again, it's like, I, I'll do that and then I'll get interrupted by some other task and then that won't get finished. And then I'll go and say, gee, did I ever finish that? <laughs> uh, but I want to be able to have an app that shows me, yeah, here's, you know, this matches or this doesn't match. I feel like a Maybe complete... something that compares. I feel like a complete slouch because I don't do any of that. Like I say, I send my <laughs> pictures and music up to the cloud. I've got this other stuff here. And uh, like I said, well, I've talked that's about. What I've been doing. I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've stopped doing it over time. And that's what I've been doing for, say, the last, I don't know, maybe five years or so. 
But before we had iPhones, sure. I mean, we didn't have that capability. So we did right. have to kind of manually do it. Well, yeah, but don't you, Mike, don't you want to know that if you want to do a backup of, say, just your photo library, because it's been maybe six months to a year since you've done that, right. which drive is it on? You don't want to have to go grabbing through all the, nope, not this one. Nope, not this one. It's I a, just look on my spreadsheet and I can go, oh, okay, it's on my, uh, you know, one terabyte Western digital drive. Right. And, and I look I at my screenshot, same as Elisa's spreadsheet. I look at my yeah. screenshot and because I've used Sesame Musters, I'm like, oh, it's it's on Big Bird. <laughs> okay. Uh, like I say, I don't have uh, – I've got my pictures on the drives, but I don't have physical backups here. I guess, like I say, I'm relying uh, on uh, the cloud for the backup of that. Don't stuff. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> have something physical, too, not just the cloud. Because I don't know, you probably right. don't know if you remember, but when I upgraded to High Sierra, it foobarred my pictures. Yeah. And it took a month. Stuff. It took a month right. to get that fixed, you know, working mm-hmm. with Apple. Right. So and if they I, were yeah, unable, yeah, if they were unable to fix it, right. then I would have been SOL. And let me tell you, I could lose a lot of stuff. But if I lose my pictures, I mean, even my music, mm-hmm. I can replace, which would still kill me. But at least I can replace well, it. You can't replace your pictures. Yeah, I've you got several videos, baby videos. Yeah, I've got several uh, copies of pictures on my drives here. But yeah, like you say, but they're I all should. in one place. Right, right. But like I say, and uh, like I say, my son bought a house a year ago, and you know, I've I've always said that we should, you know, swap, you know, something like that. I should sit down yeah, and work that with him. And like I say, and then the nice thing about that is I could copy everything, take it there, plug it into that computer or whatever he set up there. And I got to find the, the 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 software. I know there's something out there that if you point it uh, in the right place, you can. Uh, It'll do differential backup, so it wouldn't be like I'd was have to drive stuff. Was it ChronoSync by any chance? Do you remember ChronoSync? That oh, was something yeah. I was going to look into. I used it. That was a long something where it would ago. match. It would look at one drive and look at the other and say, "Okay, this doesn't match. This matches that sort of thing." But uh, will it work drive across drive. the internet? I think. I think that's yeah. what Mike's looking for. Now, Mike, at school, do you have a locked locker? No. No. Mm. no. Okay, because I think because if you had a locked locker, you could maybe keep a drive there with just your pictures. Right. Uh, you know, something not something with sensitive data on it, but yeah, it's I something... don't know that I would do that at a school though. <laughs> but I mean, it's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Not your yeah. sensitive data, like if you had your taxes yeah. or something that was you know more personal. But at least with your pictures, it would be a place for you to keep something, even a flash drive, like way in the back right. of your locker, just as one more place to keep a backup. Oh sure, yeah, right. Usually it, but, just do it with family because you're going to go see the family anyway. You might as well just swap the drive. Oh, yeah. We see them every week. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at ChronoSync and I'm not being uh, – it says you can synchronize backup. You can make a bootable drive. You can schedule it. I'm just trying is to – Is it see. still supported? Um, well, the well, – what about, what about a NAS? What about uh, a NAS drive? Well – that still like, be in the house. What about Synology? What about Synology? I think didn't they stop making Synology? Did they? Hmm. No. I have a NAS drive. Um, I something like Synology they See, stopped making. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And there was something that uh, began with like Tri T R R Y or something in it. That was like this little triangular shaped uh, hub that you would put, and it was your own personal cloud, is what you could do it. And yeah, they stopped supporting it. I guess they didn't get enough funding or something. Yeah. That's I have a Western Digital. Mm-hmm. I have a Western Digital NAS, and it just it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. I mean, it's supposed to email me when the power goes out. It never, never does. It 
it's takes forever to mount. It's doesn't it's not do what good. it says it does. Yeah, no, I, well, I've lost good. a little trust in Western Digitals. I've I've gone more with Toshiba. Speaking of Backblaze, um, I think that they're the ones that put out. I think they publish at least annually, if not more frequently. They publish a. I think it's annually a listing of all the drives yep. and all the mm-hmm. failures, and that's usually what I try to look at. It's hard to interpret. But I basically try to look at that list and see what brands are failing the most and try to avoid those. Um, I've I've had failures with both Seagates and and Western Digital. So I'm going to try Toshiba for a while and see how that goes. um, And I, you know, it's been a while since I've had a, well, except for this SSD. That's the first drive I've had fail in a long time. I don't know if I'm not abusing them hard enough for what I'm doing, but. uh, That sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Um. I haven't had you know too much trouble, but uh, yeah, like I say, um, and I was just yeah, I've got to do some research there, I think, and um, and just go out because I guess what I'm relying on is the fact that storage is cheap, so I have multiple copies in the house, and like I say, I'm using the clouds for a safe you know backup of stuff, but um, yeah, and like I say, since storage is so cheap, and like I say, I've got a few. Old, I might even take my wife's old computer just because the screen is shot. Doesn't mean that um, I can't use you that. Use it as a little server or something. Right, right. And I have set, Yeah, I have set up a. Uh, uh, I kind of can use that for your Plex. Yeah, well, yeah, and that that's what I was thinking too. My Plex and my Tonito server, and make that into a, a, a basically a file server. Uh, I guess I had one set up once upon a time, and then it had a power. Uh, uh, issue with the uh, power supply. I never got it fixed. I just thought, thought well, let's kind of cut down on the number of computers I have running around here. Well, maybe I should ha- put one <laughs> back. And, yeah, put one <laughs> back there and have it do, you know, some of that stuff. Uh, right now, I've and got at least just Mac to run it into the ground while it right. still works, and then right. if it if it goes belly up, then right. no big deal. Yeah, and like and the, when I do. Um, store stuff because i have you know a mixed uh operating system here windows and mac and uh i haven't done linux in a while so i always try to use uh i for the uh external drives i always try to use uh now i've gone to xfat um since that's become uh fairly popular and supported because that will support large files over four gigs and uh all operating drives can read to it and write to it a, but what's the purpose of FAT anymore? Does any is there any reason to use FAT thirty two? Well, it well it's but it's one that all operating systems can read because you can't take a Mac formatted drive, uh, Windows right. won't read it or write to it, and Mac can't read or write to an NTFS uh, uh, right. file. So, so you use FAT, but now there's now there's XFAT, X-FAT. which is handles larger files. So right. what's the purpose of FAT? Is it just an old, old archaic system in case you need it for something? Because you're working with something that's well, older. I mean, well, I mean, X fat. I mean, they've updated. No, it. fat. There's fat. I thought these. I st- I saw both in the menu last time I went to format right, there's something. Two. I saw both fat and X fat. Yeah, right. And I thought, well, X fat is so much better. Why even bother with fat? Well, because there may be older systems that might not be able to handle X fat. Um, mm, okay. I mean, if I you got some old Linux machines around, or even some old Windows machines that aren't you know 64 bit or whatever. Um, and they uh, might not – okay, now I'm in the areas I'm not sure about. But I don't know if, like, an old 32-bit machine would be able to handle an XFAT 
file. Oh, okay. So then it file is for older cakes. Yeah, I, it's legacy. Okay. You always want to keep that stuff. And you want to keep it there anyway because people may have uh, like thumb drives or something formatted. And a lot of stuff is still – a lot of your thumb drives is fat uh or your older ones, certainly. So they all keep that around just so if you have a, you found an old thumb drive laying around, you can plug it in and, and still read it. But, yeah, uh, like I say, I just keep everything XFAT. So I can take it off my Mac here, plug it into my Windows computer, or if I wanted to set up a Linux computer, uh, it would still be able to – the data would be all there. You wouldn't have to – because I've done that before. I was, oh, I'm going to put everything on this Windows drive, and then I pull it out and go to put it in the Mac. It's like – crap so then i have to spend like a couple days it seems like you get two drives and you copy it hook it up to your windows machine format your drive uh, your other drive in fat or x fat now and copy it over that just takes forever to do so uh that's the one thing if you're gonna i guess even if you aren't gonna run a you know multiple operating system like i do here i would still format my external hard drives in uh you know like xfat or whatever the next universal or universally accepted uh file system is because in that way if you want to take it over and plug it into your friend's windows computer to move some stuff over you don't have the you know problems with that or if you want to exchange yeah, files i've, or I've done that a few times but only with thumb drives that i deliberately knew i was going to use for say like volunteering at the school because right. they're old pcs right i knew i was going to plug those into a, a pc but, but for everything else, it's like, no, don't touch it. Just leave right. it back. But no, Well, yeah, but like I said, I would uh, – anything external like that. Your operating system, obviously, that's got to be, you know, in whatever format the system wants. Windows now wants. Now it's APFS. Yeah, okay, yeah, they've changed it. I used to, I've did you do APFS now, right, for huh? your new external drive? You did You did APFS for your new external drive, right? Uh, Well, or – or uh, Goody or whatever it is, G U I D. Um, mm-hmm. It's whatever they recommended that I do. Um, okay. When I format it, because I I plugged it in, I said I want to install Mac on there, and they said, well, you know, format it this way. I said, okay, yeah, but um, yeah, whatever they, I would hope by default that since I was installing Mojave, it would install the new uh, file system. On yeah, there it did, did it itself. I think with what wasn't it High Sierra. That did that? I think so. Yeah, High Sierra is what changed it to APS. Yeah, so it changed that the operating sure. system itself did the change, so you yep. probably didn't have to do anything. No, no, no. But I like, think if you go to disk utility and look at your main hard drive, it should tell you. Uh, and like I say, I can't um, – uh, like so when it comes to Apple yeah, – finds APFS volume encrypted. Uh, as soon as it finds – it goes through all my hard drives here. So uh, – Okay. Yep. Uh, APFS. Yep. Yeah, that's what mine is too. And like my movies is uh, okay. And that was a one that I had done before. You know, I reached this epiphany. So that's still Fat Thirty Two yet. Um, but now my music and picks one is X Fat. So maybe someday I will get another drive, cop format it X Fat, and copy everything over. X Fat Thirty Two is fine as long as you never get any files over four gigs. Um, yeah, and which is easy to do with movies. Right, yeah. Uh, or, yeah. So that I should go back and, you know, fix that. I just don't want to right now. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like I say, copying <laughs> Well, not right now while we're podcasting anyway. Well, no, 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 no. Right. And uh, But, you know, external drives are getting cheaper now, so I can, you know, I can get a That's couple true. and 
and copy this stuff over, and then, like I say, make some backups and... Uh, I could just take the discs to my son here, stick them in your closet. But I still like the idea of doing the incremental backup. And, we, you know, something like that should be done. Right, yeah. I mean, because that way it'll have the newest stuff. You'll have your time machine backup. But uh, if, you know, you need something else, if your time machine drive dies, uh, you'd have your other stuff uh, accessible, too. Hey, so speaking of legacy and stuff like that, how do you guys feel about your kids accessing this stuff like you know what's going to happen as you get old and decrepit and start to forget what this stuff is or why you even cared about in the first place do you have you know legacy things like you know baby pictures and baby videos and wedding videos and stuff like that that you definitely want to pass down as a legacy and you have that earmarked in such a way that the kids can get to it and my kids aren't going to care no i really don't think they're going to care and I do all this genealogy work, and I've I've yeah, got like hundreds of people in my tree. My kids do not care, hmm. and I've already started thinking about hmm, should I continue to purchase music or should I just say you know I'm paying ninety nine dollars a year for Apple Music, just street you know just download that to your devices, and if the time comes that they pull something, they pull something. What are you going to do? But hmm. I I can't bring myself to not purchase music. Mm-hmm. So I well, do both. in your DNA, but, but I just right. feel like at my age, you're at the point now where I'm very, very slowly throwing things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need this anymore. I don't need this anymore. Well, Not that I we're downsizing, but just getting rid of the crap that I just don't need. And do I really need the 200 CDs or however many I've got that are I'm, sitting there I'm that I haven't touched? To avoid having it come into my house in the first place. Like, I just don't want to end up in that situation. Well, you know, that's we, why I buy digital we're, music, we're purging, not the CDs. We're purging, but we're also, as we are purging, other people are purging other family members, and then they're giving us that stuff. And we're like, wait, you don't understand. We have a small space. We don't want the shit. Right. You know, I feel terrible saying no, but like, you know, you've had your chance. Like, why didn't you do this when we got married? Like, when we were first starting out, if you wanted us to have it, you should have given it to us then, damn it. Like, now it's too late. We've already bought our own shit. We've already got our own stuff that we want to get rid of. And there's just this constant shuffling of shit everywhere. And it drives me crazy. So I'm trying to just not end up with it in the first place. And it gets really, really, like, it gets harder and harder, it just seems like. And then with kids, I mean, my God. I was say, with kids, it's, it's yeah. harder for you with the kids. I mean, Mike and I are at a point where it's just, you know. Your kids are out us, of the house. Us and our spouses, you know, yeah. so. We don't have the toys and the, all the extra right. clothes and paraphernalia well, that come with children. See, the, yeah. what, what we're waiting for is uh, I've got three kids. My one son lives on his own in an apartment, and you know he has he does fine. My other son, you know, like I say, bought a house, and we've been hanging on. To, for, well, he finally came and got his stuff because he's got a house now. Mm-hmm. So he came and okay. got the stuff that we were holding for him. So you are but, you're doing a whole big purge just right, for that. Alone. But my daughter. And her boyfriend are still like renting. They haven't, you know, become haven't established any permanency yet. So we're still hanging on to some of that stuff. So we're waiting for uh-huh. them to kind of, you know, buy a house, you know, get a little bit more permanent, so they're not, you know, schlepping stuff all over the place. When they reach that point, then we'll give them that stuff. And then, yeah, then we got to start purging. And I look around my. And you'll downsize here. and then just get right. a mobile. Well, yeah, travel. because when when Deb's uh, we, when we had to deal with Deb's folks, my wife's folks, uh, 
they had a lot of stuff. These were people that were raised in the 30s, and so you you know you hung that's, on. That's to what stuff. I'm saying. There's all right. these like pack rats and stuff. And you have to deal with your stuff, their stuff, your kids' stuff, your stuff, and your parents' stuff. So I'm wondering, like, as you guys are creating these digital legacies and this this digital storage of stuff, like, are you thinking about that and how that's going to add to uh, the kind of stuff that your kids don't have to deal with, or are you going to just not care and? Haven't thought that far ahead yet, and actually, yeah. I have. When uh, uh, my sons weren't that big into taking pictures, my but my daughter took a lot, and so I have pictures that she took when she was at home. Yet, uh, her pictures on here, and I think I've given her copies of them of her own. But um, okay, that works. You know, we should. Uh, I should give some thought, and you know, the other thing is too that getting older, we should have a digital. Um, plan in place here so that right right that's what i'm saying well yeah i mean so like um give my son uh the password to my last pass so he can get into yeah, all my this son stuff. has his too has right. mine mm-hmm. too joe kissel wrote a book about that oh yeah um, uh-huh. yep. in fact i reviewed it let me find the exact name of it here i'm opening yeah, he up gave us a presentation at tmug too that's why it's, it's always it's, on my mind people are starting to talk about it and it's, it's what i call it take control figure. take control of your digital legacy Mm-hmm. Yep, and it also cool. comes with a sheet that I think I put in my Dropbox that Just has the other something. Day I helped a client with that. I did it all in one password. I went and had had them, you know, they didn't. They were missing things like the security questions and answers to their MySo security or to their retirement, or they didn't know like the retirement ID and things like that, or you know what somebody would need to know if they were trying to access that information, or if they became like a vegetable, like someone needed to advocate on their behalf. So yeah. that's that's in part, like I do a lot of, I guess that's why I like talking about this stuff, because it just seems like more and more I do a lot of digital data pushing around. I'm constantly pushing people's data around. And not the people themselves, but maybe that they, sometimes they need a little bit of a nudge. But um, but also their digital legacies. And more and more people, I'm helping them do these kind of, uh, I don't know if you would call it like end of life or um, estate planning. I guess it would fall under estate planning where, you know, you just have all that stuff listed out. And then we just print out a one password listing of all that. You know, I might take it and have it have them tag it so that, you know, these are the things that like a directive uh, person who is executing the will might need that sort of thing, but all that stuff. I mean, yeah, you really have to get all your ducks in a row because I've I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where I'm helping the people get their stuff in in order, and it's they feel so much better, like knowing they have that peace of mind, knowing that that a loved one can access that information. And then I've seen the opposite happen, where I've seen a loved one have someone either pass away, or what's worse is they've either had a stroke or they've become incapacitated with Alzheimer's or something where they're still here with us, but they're not here. And they can't get the information that they need because it's locked away in a brain that isn't accessible. And it's just really frustrating to watch them have to like shovel up the mess of all of the stuff that the you know people were donating to stuff and all this junk mail that comes in and people wanting their money and, and trying to keep them themselves safe, trying to protect their own inheritance from scams and fraud. It's really scary out there. You really have to think about this stuff. Yeah, this That's is why I asked, dig- you know, you yeah, have this is a digital will template. And uh-huh. there's just a list where you just fill in, like for your emails, your username and your password and the server address if necessary. Social media, your name and password for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and any kind of social media that you use so that you can 
cancel the accounts or continue to run those accounts if that's what the person wants. Then it's got a place for other accounts, like maybe yeah, any you online. Need to have those questions and answers. So many right. That's what this template that. is, so that I could fill all this in that. and give it to my son and say, you know, here's my passwords. Here's my uh, here's my Twitter name and password. Here's my Facebook. Here's my bank account. Uh, oh, I just is- use, I don't even have to use that template. I just fill it all out in one password and then just print it. Just make a PDF of it. It even has it's something here about you. your purchased media, about your music, movies, TV show, eBooks, yep. um, how many you have, uh, different kinds of software, different files that you might have on your computer that you want uh, given to somebody or like if your there's spreadsheet fin- or my screenshots, yeah, like financial records, insurance or personal mm-hmm. correspondence or anything that uh, the person who's taking care of this account needs to know receipts, digital currency, diff list of your passwords. It just has this, you know, and it just has everything. Basically, here's what you need. Fill in the blank mm-hmm. and then you can print it out and give it to whomever. Mm-hmm. So I've just never got more people to do that because like I said, I, I have seen people struggle with this and it, it can take months. You know, you, you deal with just the, the technicality of the problems of like, okay, well, uh, my husband, you know, he ran the Netflix account and I didn't know what the password was because he always just logged it in and now I need to cancel it or, you know, the cable, like for example, I know that there's a primary and a secondary and if you're not the primary, you know, I've had to have people go in like fax or email or screenshot their death certificate to mm, try to get yeah. like some people have had their own personal websites and their domains. But, you know, maybe it was a husband and wife, but the husband ran it and the wife didn't know anything about it. So we have to like go and dig and you have to be like a personal investigator and put all those clues together. And it can take a long, long time. So, like I said, first, there's the technicality, but. But even aside from that, there's just the grieving process that needs to happen. And like a lot of things need to be taken care of so that you don't constantly keep getting billed month after month and just having this money being flushed down the drain. But sometimes people just aren't even ready emotionally to deal with that yet. Meanwhile, it could be six months to a year before the person is even ready to deal with that. So you really need to make it just as easy as possible. It should be, you know, when you're going through that process, you know, there's the process of clearing out the closets. There's the process of purging, you know, personal items and things like that, or t- taking care of business. The digital legacy shouldn't be that difficult. It should be able to to fit seamlessly into that same process. But right now, it doesn't. It's it's still too difficult for people to wrangle. They just can't seem to wrap their minds around all the all the moving parts. Well, I guess the solution to that is just not die. Yeah, uh, just don't die. Right. <laughs> Works for me. Right. <laughs> But, um, well, okay, I, you know, I, there's lots of things there and, you know, to discuss and to, to, to think about, and I've got some stuff I need to do. And, and like I said, I need to get my digital life in order here, especially, you know, like the, you were saying, the legacy. I need to get that. Sit, I've always, you know, I talk about it, but I just need to sit down with my son and say, here's, you know, what we, here's the stuff. And, you know, it's one of those so things. Tell that, him to listen to this podcast, and then he, then he can start pestering you about it. Hey, Dad, right, right, you told well, me that. Well, I finally got my daughter listening to this podcast. Uh, she listens to it while she's Poor taking thing. calls uh, on her uh, helpline um, at at work. Uh, she says it keeps her sane. This would be the first oh, time no. I have. And it's good because if something happens, um, say something happens to you and your wife is just too distraught, right. then right. one of your kids will be able to jump in and say, okay, mom, you know, we'll exactly. do this together. Exactly. Okay. Just make it that much easier. 
Okay. And but Mike's not going to die for a long time because no, nope, that's out. not in the not in the plan. No, that's yeah, right. I hope so. Anyway, but yeah, and, and, and maybe in order to not die, maybe I should work out. Um, and the <laughs> okay, I'm trying to do a segue here, people. Not I like, know. Uh, anyway, uh, Melissa's got a funny story about Apple workouts. So I I always find other people's workouts funny. Mine are just killer. But uh go ahead well, and make me just, laugh. That has to do with your workout. So in the in the activity app on the iPhone, uh we were going through just different apps and stuff while we were waiting for food the one night we were at a restaurant, we were eating out with the kids. And the boys and I were looking at the activity app because, you know, I've been trying. I've been trying a little bit better to try to fill in my circles more. I did get a new Apple Watch, and I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is and actually work out, except I got sick with the flu. And so now I have to make a comeback. But I was looking at my circles, and the kids are remarking, like, oh, Mommy, you actually closed, you know, some of your workout circles. I'm like, yeah, isn't that great? That, you know, looks really pretty. And our good friend Bob Wood, he had gotten... Uh, an award recently that was really neat that I had never seen before. I don't know if you guys have seen this one. He got an award for daily move goal for the thousandth time. 1,000 times he actually got the daily move goal. So I thought that was pretty neat. He shared that Mm -hmm. with me. So we were looking at his and then we went and we looked at the activity section for Mike. And at the time we tapped on, we tapped on Mike's rings and we went to look at it and they just kept spinning and spinning. That's what I'm always telling him. I look at it, I, I get know. dizzy nine o'clock in the morning and I'm like going, ooh, 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 because the thing keeps circling and circling. Well, I just thought you'd, you'd, you'd find that so funny because the kids were actually sitting there like, do it again, mommy, do it again, mommy. They just kept <laughs> tapping and, and watching them spin around and around and around. Well, yeah, okay, now, it's not that I'm a health nut. It's just that I have a job that uh, – I know. They're the, like, what yeah. is he doing? What kind of workout is he doing? And I'm like, well, he's pushing the broom, the mop. Dumping know. trash, walking behind. One thing that's uh, played into this is that one of the auto scrubbers at work is a writer. Well, the batteries have gone down, and we haven't bothered to replace that. So I've been using the walk-behind auto scrubber, which has uh-huh. boosted my step counts. It is to the point where I wish the – damn thing was fixed because my feet are killing me but yeah so i do have one of those jobs that you know it per, uh, thank god otherwise i probably would be about 400 pounds by now because i do like to eat so i'm burning off my calories running around <laughs> doing stuff here and i was looking to see does it uh give you can you see how many continuous days you and i know i broke in my think for another person only for okay. yourself if okay. you go into the history so when you're looking at, so if you go in the iPhone activity app yep. and you tap on history in the lower left corner, okay. then you'll see a calendar and you just pull oh. down on that page and you'll be able to go back in time and you can actually go all the way back to the beginning to when you first got the watch okay. and see how many times you've closed how many of the rings. Okay. So for yours, Mike, you probably have them all closed. I, I only uh, have like the move, no. the stand ring closed for a lot. No, because when I'm not at work like today... Um, what's mine for today? I mean, it sucks, uh, because, uh, uh, yeah, you're like a total sloth today because you've you've only, you've only got, let's see, only 1,487 steps. Right. (laughs) And, uh, 425 out of my 720 calories and only eight out of 30 minutes of exercise. Yeah. Because it's when I put my feet But Elisa's got hers closed. But what was funny, so if you tap on Elisa's, you can see what I'm talking about. So if you go to the sharing and then you scroll down to Elisa's and tap on her name, as soon as the page swipes to the left, then the circles start to fill in. Like they go around really quickly. 
but yours like went around and then around and then a half yeah. another turn. <laughs> oh yeah. And the kids just thought that that was so much fun. <laughs> well, you know, attach a bl- uh, blades to it and it can be a fan because you need right? it out there in that kind of temperature. So, uh, yeah, you could do that, but, uh, okay. So that, okay. So I'm the funny workout. Well, a lot of people call You're me the funny. funny workout. You know, you can go back in time for someone else. You just can't see it as a chart in a monthly form. Where can you do that? I'm if you go to sharing at the bottom, right? Yep. That's where I'm at. Okay. So then like I share with, you know, you and Mike and Kevin. So it says today, April 14th. And if I just scroll up, it says April 13th, April 12th. And it just goes oh, backwards. I'm looking at yours, Lisa, and it doesn't go back any further than don't, the 14th. Don't go to my name. Go to the sharing. Okay. Oh, and yeah. it'll have a list of all the people that you share with. Yeah. And then you just scroll up, and then you can see yesterday, day before, the day before. You just oh. can't see it on calendar oh, I form. See. Right, up, okay, I up see. To a and point. then I don't know how far back that goes. I can't get past April 5th, so. Uh, uh, yeah, so I guess maybe it's only showing about a week or so. That yeah. makes sense. Well, cause If you're in a competition with somebody. Sure. I compete with myself. Um, okay. Well, okay, so now that we like, You can see some awards, like Bob got some other awards today. But I don't see if you guys got any awards. Um, I get, well, the thing is, I they go off while I'm at work and I glance on, oh, that's cool. And then I go yeah, back to work. Me too. I don't, yeah, I yeah. don't pay anything. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I got an award. Whatever. Well, yeah, my yeah. kids love to spin them. So right. it's just fun, fun for the family. Well, okay, so since we've uh, done our digital health and we're working on our personal health, maybe now we just need to move to, to picks and, you know, start yeah. to wrap this thing up. Um, so let's start with um, uh, let's start with Melissa. Uh, I okay, I saw it here. Oh yeah, go ahead and tell us what it is. I yeah, I had this picked for for the week. Oh, it's oh, currently it available, but I'm sure there's other ones that are like it. But I did note the price when it was available. So my pick came in. Our play money limit was fifty to one hundred and fifty, and mine came in at sixty seven ninety nine. And it is an eMart photo video studio background backdrop stand kit. It's got an eight and a half by ten foot photography support system with three muslin backdrops. So they've got a black, a white, and a green. And you know the green is fun because the kids can sit in front of that and then make goofy things happen with it. But I like this because it was, you know, I've always wanted to have one of these. I have something sort of kind of like it. Like I have a muslin cloth that's like a, it's like a gray tie-dyed looking thing. It's like a, you know, that, what is it, 40% photo gray for good uh, backdrop. But I'd like to have a green one just to do, you know, experimental backdrops and stuff. But I just like this. It fell within our, it fit within our price range Mm -hmm. and it would be something fun to have and something to set up and do family portraits with and get, get, Catch the dog, dude, and something. And have have the kids wear green T-shirts. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Make them make them floating heads. Because they set up something like this at the school because they were doing like a news uh, broadcast or something. Yeah. So they were doing. Maybe that's where it stems from because I was quite involved in the AV club when I was a nerdy teenager. Okay. Well, I think it'd just be kind of cool too. Because I've done, I've taken, I've tried to do something like this, but I didn't have a green screen. And this was like 10 years ago. Uh, I took my son's uh, high school uh, graduation photos and I tried to do some stuff like that. And I wish I would have had something like this. It may have looked less stupid if I would have done it that way. 
But uh, uh, that was because I ended up having to like cut him out and put him in front of a different background. That was just uh-huh. that was that was hard. It didn't look good. So, uh, Elisa, uh, looks like you want to do some traveling. I always want to do some traveling. <laughs> Tis the season. This is a Radio hardside luggage, 21-inch carry-on luggage for $67.99 on Amazon. It is a hard case on the outside, and it also has two USB ports so that you can charge items just wow. from the case, which is nice because then you don't have to run through the airport looking for an outlet because sometimes I've had to do that. And it's like, they're all taken. Nice. Now, the way this works is there's a port on the inside of the suitcase where you put a battery. Okay. So it's not like it's built in. I always wondered about that. Like, if do, well, do you do you plug in your 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 suitcase and then it's got a battery like built in? Not with maybe in the charger. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that is the case for some, but with this particular one, you put your own battery in it, and then that will feed into the USB port so that you can charge your devices while you're waiting in an airport or you're you know taking a little shuttle between the the terminals that kind of thing. So that was nice. The only thing I don't like about these types of uh, suitcases is that when you're putting it in the overhead compartment, it takes up a lot of room. I always have the soft kinds that you can like really mush it in so that more people can get their stuff in. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, it's gotten, you know, four and a half out of five stars and got some really good reviews. So I had to look that up while you were talking because I was wondering, because I seem to remember there was something about these, uh, this luggage with those built-in batteries. Um, and yeah, because are they, I, I assume they're TSA compliant. Uh, well, it says, well, okay, so what it says here, according to the, trans, uh, the TSA uh, webpage, uh, carry-on bags, uh, see, lithium batteries with more than 100 watt-hours. Uh, carry-on bags, yes. Checked bags, no. So, Correct. Right. So you could care. You could take it, check it above you, but you couldn't. Or I don't travel enough. I don't use the right terminology. You can put it in the bin overhead, but you can't put it in the belly of the plane. Where it could blow up and kill you all. Correct. Uh, okay. And this this bag has a TSA lock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that you, know, which I believe is, you can put a lock on it, but they have a key, like a, like a, a generic key that can okay. open up your suitcase if they mm-hmm. need to open it but since you're you know putting it in the overhead okay they're not looking at it okay yeah but how many times have you gotten well like you said you don't travel mike but i've traveled no. a few times where i've gotten up there and they i don't know if they just didn't account for how many people in other bags or they overstuffed the, the flight or what but you get there and you see all these people with what would have been a carry-on like like a suitcase like that and they have an attendant saying, oh, we'll check that for you for free. Like, it's, you know, normally it would cost you 25 or whatever dollars. Right. They'll say, yeah, we're running out of room. We'll check that for you for free. How many times are they going to look and say, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, but this has a battery charger in it? Or, you know, it's like, is this going to be part of training? They don't. Flight stuff they know don't about that? Put it, they don't put it in the same part of the plane with the checked luggage. Okay. All because right. what happens is when you get off the plane, as you're leaving the plane, your bag is there. It's kind of like with uh, strollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you they, they take your stroller for you, and it's waiting for you as you get off the plane instead of going down to baggage. Okay. So, so they aren't sticking it in the belly of the plane with all the stuff where they shouldn't be putting those batteries. Right. That's not down there. Oh, good. Okay. I'm not exactly okay. sure where it is going, but it's not with the rest of the luggage. Uh-huh. Okay. 
uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, uh, I, it's good to know that because at some point maybe I'll actually travel and I don't know go somewhere and get a life. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard that's the thing, but I'll have to keep that in mind. And then, uh, and I, I picked this before we started because we didn't really have our topics in place, and so we kind of just swerved into this uh, digital backup stuff. And so my pick is a, uh, it's a mini PC. It's a fanless mini PC. It's got four gigs of RAM, uh, 64 gigs of storage on it. Um, for $139, it's got an HDMI port, VGA port, a couple USB ports. So um, uh, this, like I said, I blundered into this one because then a, a person could buy this and, you know, maybe I should do something like this. It's small. It doesn't take a lot of electricity. It doesn't. Once you get it set up, it doesn't need a, a monitor to it. So I could get this set up with a... Uh, uh, like a big ass hard drive on it, put all my stuff on it, take it to my son's house and say, here, plug a network cable into this, stick it in the corner somewhere, uh, just make sure that you know nothing happens to it. And then I find the software and then I can, you know, do my backups over the incremental backups over the internet. So like I say I did but this would be a good candidate for that because it's small, mm-hmm. doesn't use a lot of electricity, doesn't cost a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has a uh it has Windows ten on it. Uh, so uh-huh. you could set up, you know, something, uh, as long as you find software that works on both Windows and Mac and will, you know, sync up or whatever, it, it should work. So, uh, I've just got to like, I don't know, get my crap together, my digital crap together and my uh-huh. physical so crap this together. So this is the, this is the guts of a, this is would be considered the guts of the computer without a hard drive. No, it's got a, a 64 gig hard drive in it. It's kind of a it's a bare bones system, so it would have it enough to like, get up and running. It looks like oh, okay, Windows okay. version of a Mac Mini in a way. Yeah, yeah, basically. And like I say, it's a small. It's for normal computing. It's underpowered, but for file serving, it should work just fine. Yeah, um, yeah like plenty of people just use a Mac Mini for, and they just throw a server on it. They just throw a macro right. server on it and use it as a server, and it's kind of like. Not a waste, but it's a little overkill. But if you want to use the Mac ecosystem, but this would be a very watered down entry level version of that type of scenario. Oh, yeah. And like I say, just uh, it would have enough on there so you could get your system up and running, get your files copied. Uh, You could even use it for um, a Plex server where you're serving Mm -hmm. files. so like yeah, it's only 140 bucks. I mean, my right. only concern is that it is running Windows. I would be worried about viruses. Like, how would you troubleshoot well, viruses? I mean, yes, you're only running a server on it, but it's still connected to the internet. Right, but I mean, you know, Macs aren't immune from stuff either. And if you're not out there going to places that you shouldn't and opening up emails that you should, that's the most likely vectors for a lot of uh, your viruses is either getting stuff that you shouldn't one way or another, oh, clicking uh-huh. on that file. So if all you do is get it set up there and have it set up, and then you should, uh, okay, now I'm ha- I should talk to my son's friends. My son does networking, but there's other uh, other of his friends do security work. And we should be able to set up a firewall of some sort that would only keep out certain mm-hmm. stuff. We should be able to, you know, make it so that uh, it shouldn't get hacked into, you know, too easily. So, but, uh, uh, yeah, this is just, it's, it's, it's a plan that I just need to do. So, um but now that we've given people a lot of stuff to think about, why don't we uh, introduce ourselves so they can get out there and organize their digital life, or I can organize 
my crap uh, or whatever. So why don't we start with uh, Melissa? Why don't you tell people where uh, you can be found? You can find me online all over at the Mac Mommy, and you can go over to my website at themacmommy.com. And Elisa, where can people find out more about you? I am at Sensei Dai on Twitter and at threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out, which is the other podcast I do. And if you want to find out more about me, I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And I'm still, um, now that the winter, uh, hopefully winter is done, the weather's kind of straight now, uh, I want to get more episodes out for my uh, Holding Out for a Hero podcast. I got one released last night. And now um, I should just be able to sit down. And I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with my critiquing process. It's becoming less painful for me to sit down and try to get my ideas out of my head so um but then we won't be able to play with your workouts spinny thingy uh (laughs) (laughs) well no don't worry that'll still be there i still got to earn money to support this nasty habit we just won't look at it on the weekend yeah there you go no that's that's fine uh but uh yeah so you go over to holding out for a hero dot net uh to listen to the podcast or go to anchor uh or just go to my about dot me page you can find out lots of crap there but uh that's it for this week We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have, and don't forget to hug a geek. My gal pals, Elisa, Susie, and Vicky, the three geeky ladies, told me to remind you that they will release a new podcast each month. So, check them out at 3geekyladies.com or subscribe in iTunes. The Three Geeky Ladies, part of the MyMac Podcasting Network.